1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard Kieran Tierney remains an injury concern for Celtic As Brendan Rodgers assesses his weekend debutants Stephen Gerrard can already see the early signs of a partnership Between Alfredo Morelos and Jermaine Defoe And Stevie Clark jokes he's been spying on Rangers To keep a bid uh, up with their resources ahead of Wednesday's meeting I'm Gordon Duncan Joining me tonight is Alex Ray and Hugh Keevans Wasn't the weekend fantastic? Shocks, drama, rows, bad decisions Midweek looks even better If you make a mistake now You'll seriously live to regret it If a match official makes a mistake now We'll all live to regret it Let's hope we're talking about human endeavour And not human error Where the title race is concerned Alec Because the stakes are high The tension's even higher And there's a serious need for everyone To calm down and not get carried away <laughs> what a brilliant introduction Hugh A list I thoroughly enjoyed the weekend I thought the cup drama Auchinleck Talbot Fantastic uh, yeah. It's a, it's a Beauty of the cup But it's back to business On Wednesday night A full card gone Really looking forward to it Yeah so many great stories From the weekend Hugh oh. Keevans Auchin Leck Deservedly Take the headlines £400 um, a man <laughs> <laughs> When you look at um, The comeback from St Mirren There was a shock Probably involving A mother You would have to say Going out yeah. Stenhouse Muir Holding Aberdeen At Pataudry It was a great cup weekend And now we're looking forward To the league business Getting back underway Very soon Absolutely, and the great cup draw as well You know, uh, with Kilmarnock playing Rangers midweek in the league They've also got Rangers to play in the next round of the Scottish Cup as well At Rugby Park uh, St Johnston now plays Celtic three times in a row Two league games and a Scottish Cup tie But you're right, it's all about Wednesday night It's about St Mirren going to Celtic Park Rangers going to Rugby Park The Championship race is very definitely on uh, and Alex of course We said over the weekend With Rangers postponement On Friday night Yesterday's friendly Was going to take on um, a, a greater importance A greater yep. significance To try and get guys Game time and so on Yeah I said uh, the, the Rangers would have wanted The game on on Friday There's no two ways about it Gordon we, We've seen over the weekend That several clubs Stuttered a little bit In terms of the performance levels uh, You know A bit laboured uh, And Rangers uh, Will be pleased That they had that game Against Helsinki yesterday Because it allowed them To get two uh, teams effectively 45 minutes And try and get a bit of cobwebs away So They'll be going into this uh, This game on Wednesday Knowing The extent I've, I've been saying for weeks now So it's no good beating uh, Celtic Your biggest rivals And then going and losing Points against Kilmarnock or Livingston So uh, It's really a really important time For all the clubs now Interesting because Rangers have got two Away games on the bounce They've got uh, Kilmarnock Wednesday They've got Livingston Sunday uh, Celtic Are Almost Permanently resident at Celtic Park From now until the foreseeable future uh, With league games and even the Scottish Cup tie 01419511025 Let's hear from you What did you make of your team's performance this weekend? Uh, what about the debutants? You got your first look at some of the new signings Early signs? Are they good? Bad? Somewhere in the middle? You tell us 01419511025 Give us a call right now Or you can send a tweet at Clyde SSB And Brendan Rogers says he was pleased With Timothy Weah and Oliver Burke's debuts In Saturday's win against Airdrie The Celtic boss admits the whole team did start off slowly But was glad that they managed to create The number of chances that they did Yeah it was a good good win like you say Started a little bit slowly in terms of Our possession was too slow The speed of our game wasn't quick enough But after that opening 15-20 minutes We were much better And uh, like you say we got our goals 
had a penalty saved, a goal rolled off, which was, should have been a clear goal for a hat-trick, and missed other chances. So um, so that was nice at this first game back after the break to create those opportunities and, and play with lots of quality in the game and keep a clean sheet was, was great. Yeah, I was really pleased with, with Oliver. He's, he's got incredible talent you know in terms of he's he's a good technician you know tactically we're working on his game for his movement and his runs physically he's he's so fast and has got great attributes so um so yeah i thought he uh, i thought he did well obviously he didn't get his goal but his pace and threat will always be a threat for us and his movement creates the the third goal for for timothy you know he comes short oliver and then timothy makes those runs i like from from front players to running behind and he gets his goal so uh 18 years of age, scoring on his, his debut here was, was great. Now the Celtic manager's hopeful Kieran Tierney will return to training in the next few weeks. He's not quite sure whether the defender needs an operation on his hip. Uh, Olivier and Cham also yet to return to training. And he also thinks that new signing Vakun Isov Bayo will take some time to get up to full speed once the paperwork is completed. Well, there's no time on it. That was, um, of course, we miss a player of that quality. There's no doubt, you know, he's a player that can really make the difference and does make the difference for us. But, um, but he's also a young player that you can't rush. So, um, no, it's it's based around his feeling and how he is. He's a really tough boy, Kieran, as well as a, an outstanding player. So you know that when he when he can't play because of the, the pain, then, uh, you know, that's for real. So um, so we'll hope in the next few weeks he can get back to, to training. But in the meantime, it's just, uh, you know, he's, he's working with the medical team. Is an operation a possibility? I, I'm not sure. When would you expect or where would you hope the Living Champ would come back? Probably at some point after next weekend to be back in training. Great news, Odson's obviously back in training now with the squad. Probably be too early for him on, on Wednesday, but uh, but he's back in. Olivier will probably be next week at some point. Back in Rusev Bayou, all the paperwork all done? Are you still waiting for that? Still waiting. There's nothing nothing uh, finished or complete on that yet. And he'll be a while, you reckon, till he gets up to speed? I think so, yeah. I think he, he's last... Training game time was about the 8th of December so, uh, so yeah, so I think by the time it's all done and It'll probably take a bit of time Come on then, what did you make of the debuts? Timothy Weah and Oliver Burke Early days, but come on, what did you make of it so far? 0141 A lot of ground covered there by Brendan Rogers. <laughs> Let's try and pick our way through that The loss of Kieran Tierney uh, is huge for Celtic He's been out for weeks the manager's saying it'll be weeks before he can even be back in training. Uh, so that's a severe blow for Celtic. You cannot say other than that uh, because there are no alternatives to Kieran Tierney. It, they, were, they, they did try uh, Johnny Hayes, but then when Celtic went to play Rangers, Johnny Hayes was not trusted. Uh, no one else was trusted. Callum McGregor was put in at left back to the detriment of the whole team and the whole day for Celtic. Uh, up front, Timothy Weir did take his goal wonderfully well against Airdrie But to what extent is Brendan Rodgers going to put his trust in an 18-year-old Now that we're down to the Russian roulette stage of the championship The loss of uh, Edouard Perhaps he'll be back sooner rather than later The loss of Lee Griffiths How can you not miss someone who scored over 100 goals for Celtic So there are many questions for Brendan Rodgers to answer And I think it's as well for Celtic that they are at home as they return to the championship race And they're home against St Mirren and Hamilton Aggies to begin with Two teams they really, really should beat Yeah, absolutely It's interesting some of the points you make there, Hugh I think the left-back berth is a, an issue for Celtic mm. uh, I think the right-back, when you look at some of the reports Over the course of what, the last six months 
They've been caught in uh, various right backs Just trying to get one over the line uh, Which is suggesting to me that Lustig's actually coming to the end of his time at Celtic You yeah. know, he hasn't agreed a contract in the summer um, Offensively, I think they've got more than enough options When you look at Buck, Bio still to come in And uh, Lee Griffiths will come back For me, he'll definitely come back before the end of the season uh, Once he kind of gets his, his head properly sorted uh, in terms of the other options, you know, you've still got the, the dilemma whether Scott Brown will expecting an announcement in the next couple of days, whether he's going to stay at Celtic beyond uh, the summer or he's going to go to Australia. So a lot of things happening. Uh, still got several days left yet, but I still expect Celtic to do some business mm. between now and the end of the window. Right, what did you make of any debuts you saw at the weekend? You tell us, you're the expert if you were out there seeing them. 0141 951 Alec is a Celtic fan. Timothy Weir, Oliver Burke. Alec, what do you think? Uh, how we doing, lads? You're okay. I was at the game, obviously, on Saturday, and I thought that Buck was quick until we are come on, and this guy is lightning. The guy was, the, I think he covered every blade in the park in the first five minutes. His enthusiasm. What I can see happening is James on the right, maybe we are on the left, and uh, Edward up top. We maybe Buck and that maybe Tom Rogic number number nine ten row. Uh, Buck his touches. Every, he did everything bar score on Saturday. The boy was unlucky. You can tell that, that there's a player in there. And for Scotty again, he scored another two goals. You know he's just he's just flying under the radar. But another two goals after Scotty, which will do his confidence a world of good. I don't think he has a problem with his confidence He always talks a good game uh, I, I just don't happen to think that he's the best finisher I've ever seen You know, he got his two goals uh, Which were basically defensive errors And he finished them off But he also missed a penalty And the biggest sitter of the day, Alex It's pretty yeah, tough to argue with his contribution though, isn't it? It's a weird well, one because we always get calls about yes. his performances But just look at the numbers I know it's Absolutely. about more than that But I think I think the most important thing is Gordon to look at Brendan Rodgers and how he regards the boy. I think he's got thirty four games already this season at the halfway stage. You, mm. eleven goals. I think it's something like six in these last five. So, uh, I'm not quite sure he's going to drop him anytime soon, Alec, um, because he seems to keep going back to him. I know his form's been up and down and a wee bit inconsistent at times. But when you look at his turnover of goals consistently over the years, uh-huh. his, his first season was phenomenal. I think he was rightly the the player of the season. Uh, last year wasn't great This year But he always goes back to him Hugh You know when things are not going right Because he just gives you that balance To come inside Likes to link and things So I'm not sure he'll be leaving mm. uh, Celtic's first team anytime soon I think either way Hugh you're, You can only base so much On a Scottish Cup tie against Airdrie Whether it's good or bad You can't be knee jerk in your reaction Having yeah. said that Timothy Weir clearly did take his goal very well yeah. And uh, you always look for new players to, to do something To get them up and running To boost their confidence To whatever it may be Yeah you have to be careful in terms of Burke The position that you play him in Because that direct through the middle role I don't think suits him uh, But with regard to Timothy Weir He certainly appears to light up Celtic Park And he has had an immediate impact on the supporters He took his goal wonderfully well How many times though will he start for Brendan Rodgers? Come back in Gordon On you go yeah, I think that I, I, Personally I think that We are For the next six months That Celtic's Golden Is going to Rip this league up Apart the, the guy You can tell that The guys get class And see when he scored His goal It would earn They celebrated Big style It wasn't just like You know like The way you see Some players they, 
you can tell what it meant for him. I think he's going to start more games than what you think, you. I think that this guy, oh, what I said to Andy when I come on, Rangers are going for like Defoe and Morelis. And I think, and, and it's, you know, it might be a bit more pace in a build up. I think Celtic's going to start quick, get the ball defence, boom, up, up top end of the field, and then. You're, in the, you're, up, you're up in the penalty box. Do you think? I think Celtic's going to be playing devastatingly fast this season. Do you think Timothy Weir will play against St Mirren from the start? I don't see why not here. When the guy come on. Where, where would you play him, Alex? Just out of curiosity, what position would you play him? I, I think I would put him in. I know that you're talking about with Scott Sinclair, but I think that cut, if you get Edwards through the middle and Forrest and the other, way, the other wing, I think that we are coming in. I think that the boy has got to start. The boy just looks like an athlete. He looks as if he could run all day. And I think that he's got goals written all over him. I have to say, Alex, I'm, I, I actually watched him play for um, against Celtic in the Champions League and he played through the middle as well. I'm not really sure he came off, off the, the left-hand side, but uh, I think when you get a really good example of him when he was running in behind, he has plenty of pace, the timing of his running, his finishing was absolutely brilliant and, and he rightly got his goal. And you were correct in what you said in terms of his celebration. It was a young boy yeah. trying to make his mark. And they just got guys like yourself just saying, this guy's a man. So I'll be interested when the actual levels are a wee bit more uh, on par with some of the teams that, you know, I think the next couple of games are very favourable for Celtic. You might see a bit more of them, but I think against the bigger teams, I'm not sure Celtic will start with. Mike will go with the tried and tested. Right, come on then, let's hear from you. 0141 You can tweet at Clyde SSB. Maybe you're out and about at a game of the weekend. Maybe you watched it on television. Whatever it may be, what did you make of it? Good result, bad result? Anyone impress you as far as um, performances go? Maybe there were some new players on show. You tell us. 0141 uh, We didn't even get to the diseased pitch. Hugh ah, yes. Um, I think I'll speak on behalf of everyone when we acknowledge right up front that you're probably not an expert in these no. matters, but you can give it a bash. I don't know. Ah, well, yeah, I'll get out there with the stethoscope and have a look if anyone wants <laughs> me to. But uh, <laughs> yeah, we, we, we did mention on Saturday that we thought the pitch looked patchy. Well, Brendan Rogers addressed the subject today and he used the word disease. The pitch has a disease. I didn't you say that? He said that, the manager. But it's a, you know, a real. Shame for Celtic who spent over a million pounds on that pitch But I'm not truly qualified to discuss matters <laughs> agrarian you're, I was, I was still, you're a I was, keen gardener, do you know anything? No, no listen, got I, any I, I, I actually think that the pitch and in the grand scale of things Is probably as good as anything in the country In terms of, you know, the, the, the pitch It was just patches about the place And uh, when you consider going back to our days in the 80s mm. and the 90s It was like mud heaps yeah. So, you know, we'll not complain too much I think it's as good as a surface you're going to be To be get. fair it didn't affect Timothy Weir As he danced over it To score the third goal What did you make of that cup tie as a whole Was it just that you know, Sort of classic example of Celtic Where No disrespect to Erdry Always going to win it Or yeah. always most likely to win it Perhaps not in the absolute Devastating fashion That you predicted Hugh Keevans well, But you know, you know, job if you, done if you, if you take I said they win 5-0 Alex said 6-0 Yes uh, But if you If you examine it <laughs> They scored 3 There's been a goal disallowed uh, which yep. was a real bad decision And that's why I say We've got to have better decisions Between now and the end of the season Because Scott Sinclair Actually has to go past An Airdrie mm. player to score it And he's he's flagged offside yeah. He also missed a penalty So that would have been five So it's not my fault It's a combination of the assistant referee And Scott Sinclair It's their fault It, it should have been five now well, see, they came back to the decision. I know we harp on most, which because Celtic won comfortably. 
For me that's as easy a decision As you should actually yep. get Just looking along the line You know He timed his run brilliantly uh, And it should have stood um, But we'll, we'll kind of try and give the ref And the lines in a break this week We need to try and get this better Gordon Going forward Because these decisions May well cost someone yeah, Going forward Brendan Rodgers could afford To be philosophical about it After the game But he did touch upon it And he said That's one that our Lineman has got to see Got to get right Now it's okay when you're 2 nothing up against the Airdrie And you're Obviously going to win the game yeah. It's okay to be philosophical about it If that's the last minute of a game And it's a huge game in the title race yeah. And that's not given Pandemonium I, say, I said yesterday Paul Mariner uh, Didn't give a penalty on Raheem Stilling I put on a group chat uh, Some of them were saying What will the ref uh, What will uh, Pep Guardiola say afterwards I said, say nothing It'll be 3-0 Yeah You know And, and you, can, you can afford to do that Because you have the luxury of a comfortable win But you know, they're, they're pretty basic decisions Come on then, let's hear from you 01419511025 We're going to hear from Stephen Gerrard Did you see any of the friendly yesterday? What did you make of it? And what about this uh, Defoe and Morelos possibility? That coming up after the travel with Amber Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's personal injury solicitors Win the compensation you deserve Talk to Thompson's.com Clyde One The official station of Glasgow Rocks Taking on Leicester Riders At the Emirates Arena Friday at 7.30 Tickets at GlasgowRocks.co.uk It's Hugh Keevans and Alex Ray Here with me Gordon Duncan On tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard Really keen to hear from you So give us a call or send us a tweet at Clyde SSB Stephen's been on He says the time has come for Craig Gordon to step aside for Scott Bain the theory that Gordon's a better shot stopper ended for me on Saturday with Bain's remarkable five stops in 19 seconds Bain's been faultless when called upon and his kicking is excellent 0141 951 on the phones let's hear a bit from Stephen Gerrard Rangers fans this may be a time for you to get involved uh, he says he can already see a good partnership forming between Morelos and Defoe after that friendly win yesterday uh, the Rangers boss has also rubbished the claims from Donald Finlay that kitman Jimmy Bell played a part in the Cowden Beef game being postponed I never got to the stadium we got to the hotel and we were having pre-match when we found out the news I never seen the, the pitch so it's difficult to comment on but we respect the decision we respect Cowden Beef for trying everything they can to get the game on and let's hope it goes ahead at the the, the later date but it was a shame because we were prepared to play but you'd have to adapt in these situations and uh, I think it would have been a bigger prob- problem for us if we didn't have today's run out because we would have went into Wednesday with no minutes in the leg so thankfully this was in place for maybe fringe players and younger players but I obviously had to adapt them plans when the game was called off Jimmy Bell was the driving force behind what getting the game called off I think Jimmy actually wanted the game on because he's thinking I've got to carry all this kit back in 10 days time so I think it was actually Jimmy's car on the pitch with the engine on trying to throw the bit of ice out that's what Jimmy tells me so no I don't think Jimmy Bell's capable of getting a game called off I think he's actually more concerned he's got to work an extra night it looks dangerous the two good players they seem to like playing together having Jermaine here obviously gives us that real option as well and obviously having Kyle as well it gives us the opportunity to, to play a different system if we want to you know we can play 3-5-2 we can play a 4-diamond 2 a 4-4-2 it gives, it gives me and the staff more options to keep opposition teams guessing but the early signs are really positive Again just a friendly you can't take too much from Alex but at the yep. same time did we see any clues as to what Steven Gerrard might do in the second half of the season, particularly with these two strikers? I don't think so, Gordon. I think well, look, I, I think Defoe's come up to play. I don't think he'll be sitting in the bench anytime soon. Um, it gives him the flexibility. I think that's a key word for Steven Gerrard. We've had callers on over the course of the last few months saying it's the same old, same old system. You know, the four-two or four-three. Th- 
three You know with the two wider guys uh, This gives him flexibility And I'm sure he'll be working that over there And it's interesting because He's only seen 45 minutes yesterday Against opposition But he would have been working on that Over the course of the time they've been away uh, In the winter break as well So he's had a closer look at that He will be trying to get the four up to speed uh, so that he hits the ground running Similar to what we did yesterday That's what's fascinating About a transfer window Hugh Because you can't just Buy good players That's only part of it They have, they have to fit together And that's why I think There's so much interest About the next few weeks Yeah well obviously Morelos doesn't Go out of the team To accommodate Defoe And Defoe As Alex said Is up here to play Therefore You get a system To fit Defoe Not the other way around uh, And they'll both play because Jermaine Defoe at his age knows he'd be wasting his time to come up and sit on the bench and Morelos knows for sure that he's playing. Let's get the views of Alan and Drum Chapel. Hi Alan. Hello Paro. Hey, how you doing? Hey, my quick point is about the the it's good to well what my point is, I'm glad that Defoe is getting more well, he got his first game there at the weekend. Mm-hmm. But I'm just I I see before the break finished Against, just say for instance against the the old forum game, that that team for me it's gelled, it's starting to look more gelled together. And then the friendly match yesterday, the Gerard is changing it a bit more, like more of a diamond shape by the looks of it. And they had uh, Defoe and Morelos up front in the first half. I don't know if Morelos. Jada's going to keep this going or else keep the the way it used to be but just let obviously I have Defoe and Gerard uh, Defoe and Maria Ross up front That's what will I don't happen. know to see if you I don't like the way if, he, if he's going to change it I, I'd rather him keep it and then maybe work around it to make it stronger instead of changing the whole formation if you, if you Yeah well, so what, what's your what's your solution Alan does Jermaine Defoe not get a game? I, I think they should keep my Defoe and Morelos up front to help Morelos. Yeah, but, but I don't know to... if it... Because yesterday, I watched the game yesterday in, on Rangers TV, and it, they were saying about the Rangers were looking like they were starting to play like a different formation, a diamond formation. Yeah, but, but that's, the, that's thing. the point, Alan. Something... I think they should keep it the way they always, they always were playing but, it. But something has to give, Alan. If you want Jermaine Defoe in the team... And Morelos, something yeah. has to change behind, does it not? Yeah, but we could. I, I would be happy with a four-four-two for me. But the Defoe and Defoe and Morelos up front. I suppose but even with Davis behind them. Well, that's essentially what what, yeah. what a diamond is, Alex. It's just yeah. Well, it'll be interesting because you. Uh, I think if uh, Barisic was playing at left back. It would give you that flexibility I don't think Andy Halliday has that natural Athleticism to go up and down Although he does a good job Andy uh, So When you have a diamond that's your, your two wider guys Which would be Kent and uh, Davis Jack would be at the base And then you would have Arfield supporting Morelos And uh, Defoe up front So You want your fullbacks to be bombing forward All the time But I think the key thing Alan For Steven Gerrard is He has flexibility now He can actually start mixing this up a bit I thought he was limited because on the wider areas he didn't have a great deal of options at periods throughout the season as well. Uh, then Lafferty came in. So, uh, you know, you've got three strikers vying for these places as well now. So there's a little bit of competition, which is always good as well. And then on the wings as well, uh, depending who they play there, then there's flexibility to try and change it up as well. And I think that's a key thing for Rangers. They have more strength and depth. When I've seen mm-hmm. some of the, the players... 
it potentially could come into the team, then it's you know it's encouraging for Stephen Gerrard. And uh, Wednesday will be a big test for all of them, no matter the shape. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is Kilmarnock, who since Steve Clark became the manager, uh, have been a thorn in Rangers' side. Uh, they have taken valuable points away from Rangers, uh, and it's a big test of Stephen Gerrard's team after the winter break. They did miss the match against Cowden, beat them Friday night. And a friendly against the HJK Helsinki is not a comparable test. So Rangers need to hit the ground running at Rugby Park. Um, I mean, Alex, is it is it too soon then to, to see that fully in play on, on Wednesday night? What would your prediction be in terms of how the, you know, the line-up is going to look? I think they'll be really strong, Gordon. Uh, I listened to Stephen Gerrard post-match yesterday and he was talking about Barisic where he went down late on in the game and he must have tapped, he said, I think he tapped the ground 50 times as if he was in a serious condition and then he seemed to be moving okay after the game. So if he plays, uh, it'll probably be um, McCauley and Golson. You know, Golson didn't feature yesterday either, Gordon. So whether he's, if they're fit, this is, it'll be Golson and, and McCauley, uh, Tavernier, Barisic, and then it's down to that midfield Jack, Davis um, Arfield And then it's whoever plays uh, Kent may play on the left hand side With the two Defoe and Morelis up top So I think they're really strong Gordon And then as I said There's flexibility with guys coming in But you know it's, I, I like the fact that they've actually got options now Gordon Because They've got so many bodies there That you're having to fight to get on the bench And then when you go on the bench You then have to make a You know a, 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 An impact when you uh, uh, Come on and uh, try and impress the manager oh, Come on then Let's hear from you on the phones 0141 That's the number you need So get in touch with us right now Tell us what you made of your team's performance at the weekend What you made of their result Perhaps there were some new players on show Did they do it for you so far or not 0141 You can tweet us at Clyde SSB as well um, it, it feels strange in a way Hugh The, the, the midweek Fixture card being the return of the Premiership mm. And when you look I think Alec mentioned it earlier on Some of the teams looked like The, the break had been detrimental Rather than beneficial yeah. to them They looked a bit sluggish um, So we'll be keen to see How that pans out When the league returns on Wednesday Well you just have to go on with it Teams insist on uh, A winter break uh, Those who are in the fortunate position Of having the money To go for warm weather training Get that under their belt uh, So there is no room for error now Absolutely no margin for error Because Celtic or Rangers Kilmarnock Aberdeen uh, If they make a mistake now They could live to regret it From now until the end of the season So Yes you might be Stuttering like an old car In a winter's morning But you just have to get on with it I know that feeling you <laughs> <laughs> uh, Let's have a, a quick look Remember we are on Twitter At Clyde SSB uh, On the phones It's 01419511025 Stevie Clark's been highlighting The financial differences Between Kilmarnock and Rangers Ahead of Wednesday's meeting He says Rangers could be paying Jermaine Defoe The same amount of money a week As his whole squad combined Clark says he'll have no problems Playing Jordan Jones in the game That's despite that pre-contract With Rangers if you put it into isolation, really, you take the the default one if the figures are to be believed, and I'm not talking about the high-end figures, the, the, the figure of £35,000 that's quite readily bandied around, if that's the case, and they're paying that for Jermaine Defoe. To put it into context, that is the budget that I've got for my entire squad for a week. That's That shows you how well we're doing. 
you feel that you'd have no problems throwing Jordan Jones out from the start on? Well, doubt, no doubt. If Jordan's fit and ready to go and I want to use him, then that's what I'll do. He's a commander player. He's sorted his future out, which is good for him. But I think he's a good player, an important player for my team. So if I decide that he, he's going to start on Wednesday night, then he'll start. But the crowd were excellent with him on Saturday. Excellent. And I thought the boy himself put a lot of effort into the game. So no, no worries about Jordan. None whatsoever. I can understand why Steve Clark brings up uh, the budget and how his entire squad are in roughly the same money as Jermaine Defoe. Um, if that gives them an underdog mentality and he feels that works in Kilmarnock's favour, then okay. But, uh, you know, Rangers' budget is inferior to Celtic's budget and they're on the same points at the moment. So we can argue budgets all day long. It's what you do in the park. And Kilmarnock aren't doing too badly under Steve Clark. They're actually on a very good run, Hugh. That's three wins in the bounce. That they've just had there And you know You look at the recent form It's impressive As I said I, I keep reiterating How important it is That Rangers actually Go on and win this game But mm. Steve Clark Have other ideas And for me Jordan Jones must start Must yeah. If he's got to get a result I mean certainly All the noises are there Hugh You hear Stevie Clark He couldn't be any clearer about it If Jordan Jones is fit He's going to play I know people a few weeks ago And maybe some people Would have thought that, You know there's no chance But having seen the way This has all panned out It certainly looks like he will Yeah Listen we're the wind up Capital of the world the Rangers fans will cheer Jordan Jones The Kilmarnock fans Some of them A minority Will give him a hard time On Wednesday night But He has apparently Been excellent in training Steve Clark was impressed By his performance On the pitch Against Forfar At the weekend So Everyone Including Jordan Jones Will have to put The whole Twitter Fiasco behind him uh, And remember that From now until May Kilmarnock pays wages uh, The only thing about this whole budget thing I mean that's nothing new I think we all yeah. knew Celtic certainly And Rangers have a much bigger budget um, Than the other teams It doesn't mean that it's not True Alex It's just that balance between You know when you when you bring it up And when you don't that yeah. what, what I think what you can say With some amount of certainty Is what it shows Is just how good a job Stevie Clark and Kilmarnock yeah. are doing I think everyone in the show Has been praising uh, Stevie Clark Since he came up the road Gordon You look at his points tally His return uh, he's got the best out of his squad of players And uh, it was interesting Someone sent me today The the 1.75 that Kamarnock well, well he was alluding That it was roughly around about that that price For me That's one of the highest budgets I've had in recent times Because you know I think Billy Bowie, Bowie's come in He's put the money Where his mouth is He's back to manager And he's, he's obviously got some decent players in And uh, I think uh, Stuart leaving Is a bit of a blow for them So it'll be interesting to see How they kind of cope with that loss Interesting comments on that front, Hugh Keevans. Um, trying to use some polite language, you yes, said uh, yes. <laughs> there was something smelly about the, yes. the Greg Stewart to Aberdeen move. Well, it's kind of hard to fathom that one out, uh, unless he's suggesting that uh, Aberdeen had advised Birmingham to take him on loan, knowing that they could get him back from Birmingham. I don't know. It's all industrial espionage. But <laughs> the fact of the matter is. He's at Aberdeen now And Stevie Clark Has to get on with it He wasn't happy about it Was he Alex? No not at all He, he probably put a lot of time And effort to try and get him Back in Gordon And the, probably the way it's going about Hasn't uh, Sat well with him And uh, Listen I think anybody Would be disappointed To lose a player of his calibre He could have scored about Three or four at the weekend Some of the highlights I've seen From the Aberdeen game But he'll be a big A big addition to Derek McInnes uh, Over the coming months the number you need to get in touch is 0141 Let's hear from you. We'll take your call after the travel with Amber. 
Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors, a team that gets results every week. Talk to Thompson's.com. Hugh Keevans and Alex Ray are here and they're waiting to take your calls. So get in touch 0141 951 1025. Uh, you can also tweet at Clyde SSB, but let's hear from you on the phones because it was a busy weekend of Scottish football. So you simply must have something on your mind. We're looking ahead to some league fixtures as well. So get in touch on the phones or on Twitter. Hugh, uh, what did you make of the Scottish Cup draw? Yeah, liked it. Um, as I say, Rangers have got the, the tough one, I think, uh, having to go to Kilmarnock. Uh, Celtic Every time they go on to the park The treble treble Is at stake uh, But Once again They have home advantage Against St Johnston uh, I don't like three games Against the same club One after the other uh, You know it, It's bad for fans Let's be honest It's bad for the players I think it happened last season Around the League Cup final Didn't it? Yeah, Motherwell, Motherwell, yeah. yeah uh, And that ended in two wins For Celtic And a draw uh, At Fir Park But uh, the romance of the cup once again Is Hearts versus Auchinleck mm. It's been a great story It's kept everyone happy over the weekend uh, And they've done a magnificent job mm. For the juniors reputation And they'll go to Tynecastle And I'm quite sure live television will take it Because we all want to see If it could possibly happen I've seen a couple of the boys Doing some uh, punditry yesterday at the Hearts game, and one of them didn't know what day it was. He had made uh, a few sherbets too many the night before you. But listen, if you don't have that on that occasion, you never will. And the good thing is, for so-called smaller teams, the draws all almost sort of opened up for some. You know, I mean, you look at Partick Thistle; yeah. it's all been doom and gloom in the league. But all of a sudden, you know, they're up against East Fife. I'm not oh. saying that's going to be easy, but that's a real chance to them. You know, progress um, either Ross County or Inverness. Both in the championship One mm. of them will get through um, So you know there, There's a, a path there For a, a few teams I, I watched the highlights On Saturday night uh, Of Wraith Rovers Against Infermen And I thought that Wraith Rovers Scored three terrific goals yeah. And they're, they're Easter Road To play Neil Lennon's side So uh, He will Treat them with The greatest respect That's another good tie 0141 Let's hear from you In the phones John is in Craig End Hi John Hi First time caller But long time listener Oh what, what made you call tonight that, that usually means Something's annoyed you John Aye because I've been Hugh? listening For the start of the show And I can't believe Hugh Keevans Has been so disrespectful To every Cowed and Beef fan He's got them Knocked out the cup already Okay they're playing Rangers But Auchinleck Talbot Wasn't such a thing And Stenhouse Muir as well So I can't just see Why he's so disrespectful To all the Cowed and Beef fans And I think he should Apologise on air Apologise Come on No I won't Oh okay uh, in my opinion, Cowden Beef from the bottom tier of Scottish football will be no match for Rangers, and Rangers will go through uh, to meet Kilmarnock in the next round of the cup. It's for me, John. Stenhouse Muir was any match for Aberdeen, and Auchin Lake was any match for Air United, who are chasing the Premiership. You didn't ask me about those. You're asking me about Cowden Beef versus Rangers. And I am oh, telling you. mentioned the other two games. And I, and I am telling you that, in my opinion, you're on here shouting and bawling, uh, giving me your opinion. I am giving you mine. In my opinion, Cowden Beef have absolutely no chance against Rangers, and Rangers will go into the next round. John, do you fancy Cowden Beef? No, I don't, but right. it's, it's, not a, it's not really the point. That's not what I was saying. I was saying he's got them out of the cup. This is a big day for wee teams like that. So have I you. I know they're a wee team, but so was Auchinleck Talbot, so was Stenhouse Muir. 
They're still in the cup. Gordon Duncan asked you if you fancied the cowed beef, and you said no. I, I don't. Mean, John said that's not I the don't, point. But I, I'm just saying it's not the point. You you've already dismissed them before, before they've even played their game. That's right. Yes, so you're, not, you're not you're not giving any comparisons with the, the shocks that John mentions. Listen, the Aberdeen result against Stenhouse Muir was a dreadful oh, one. But hold on a second, I'm trying to answer your question if you stop shouting and bawling. Uh, the Aberdeen result is a dreadful one and an embarrassment to Derek McInnes and all concerned because Stenhouse Muir, bottom of League One, uh, should never have had a chance. However, I'm confining myself to this one football match, Cowdenbeath against Rangers on the 30th of January. In my estimation... Cowdenbeath have absolutely zero chance. I mean, they are still they are another tier below Stenhouse Muir, John. It's maybe worth remembering that as well. This is true. Yeah, but they were playing Air United. Now it's a bad result for Air United, and Ian McCall was man enough to say it's the worst result of his managerial career. However, logic, reason, everything tells me that Rangers. Joint top of the Premiership Playing a team from the bottom league in Scottish football A part-time team from the bottom league in Scottish football Cowdenbeath have zero chance And just while we're on the subject uh, Bob's got you figured out on Twitter He says no wonder Shug likes the draw Jers get a tough away game While Celtic dons Hearts and Hibs get easy home draws Hmm, he says Yeah He's got you all figured out Okay, no The, the country's half-witted <laughs> 01419511025 Thank you to John and Craig in First call, John It was good to have you uh, We'll maybe get you back sometime If you fancy it So give us a call tonight Or send us a tweet at Clyde SSB Former Rangers player standing here beside me Do Cowdenbeath have any chance whatsoever Not in my opinion But listen John's welcome to come back on And uh, after the event The 31st We will take his call And he can apologise Or gloat One way or another We will be here John's getting back up on Twitter He says Martin says Three times you've said Rangers will play Kelly They'll need to play Cowdenbeath Fair enough you think they'll win So do the whole country But it's very disrespectful To pretend the game isn't happening If the whole country You're thinks, in trouble tonight If the whole country thinks That Rangers will beat Cowdenbeath What's wrong with somebody saying so? <laughs> oh, you've got him You've got him riled John He's not happy at all 01419511025 We don't believe it It's only because You know If I had said that Celtic Would beat Cowdenbeath And would be in the next round The Rangers fans would come on and say How dare you be disrespectful You can see right through them I'll tell you what though If the unthinkable were to happen As far as yeah. Hugh's concerned That last 10 minutes Will make great radio When I play it back that's, oh, yeah. that's, but, so. without, but this is a great thing about it We put our neck on the block Hugh time Correct. after time Correct. Yeah really bold shout from you Reggie's in Coat Bridge <laughs> Hi Reggie Oh yeah beauty I'm just going to put A hundred quid and beast By the way Hugh Keevans <laughs> Has just predicted that won't happen. That's it. You know what to do. Ben Hillary. <laughs> right. All kidding aside, boys, right? Thanks for, for taking my call, right? My, my, my point is on VAR, right? And I can't see that we need that now, right? I think it'd be a big waste of money because you've got to. Now, before MDC, then I'm looking at it from a Celtic point of view as a Celtic supporter, right? And I've got to say that he didn't get three chances. He sat in a, in a room. Watched the three instances with Morelos and says that there wasn't a booking involved. Right? That's just to be just to be clear, Reggie. That's not really the way it it, it works. Um, you know, he he's asked if he saw the incidents in their entirety, and that's what he said. So it's not like 
Um, he was blocked or impaired his vision. Yeah. The referees are the problem in Scottish football, right? I think they're professional people that's never played football, right? And this is, I'd love to see it in a, in, in a, in a, in a, in a, in a good way, right? That, Gray, I know you work a lot with a lot of young boys that never made the grade yep. in football, right? But have got football in their, in their, their blood, yeah. right? So what I would, what I would love to see was referees coming from that group of boys that have got football in their blood, yeah. that have played football for a very early age, that didn't quite have the, to make it, but know, know what the game's all about. And I think the problem is they've got professional people, they've got professional jobs, they've never kicked a ball in their life, right? You've got amateurs running a multi-million pound game and I think that's where the problem comes in. Yeah, I think if you had football boys refereeing games and you didn't have the teachers, lawyers, they're all professionals, which we all know they've got an arrogance about them. They're never wrong anyway, right? And I think if if you made, made, made it, I know you're going to say it happens down it, but if you have a, you have Young guys that never made the game and weren't going to make the game for whatever reason, but have got football in their blood. Reggie, Reggie, hold on a second. You've you've given us every myth under the sun here that the Scottish referees are drawn from uh, the legal profession and other teachers' professions such as that. That, That's simply not the case. Well, I mean, some of them are, obviously. Yeah, but... You're also saying that they've never played football in their lives before. How did Don Robertson, for one, was a former professional footballer? Was he? Yeah. I think he was involved with some men at one point, uh, name, Don, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, you know, but to say that nobody, I have no idea whether John Beaton played amateur or junior or any other level, but to simply dismiss the entire refereeing profession by saying they've never kicked a ball in their lives before. Is clearly wrong. I think one of the things as well, Reggie, is that you would have to have these guys want to be referees first and foremost. Now, whether one or two of them could make the grade, I think one of the things in the, the referees' defence is they're very, very committed and, and to suggest that they don't know the game. These guys spend years and years yeah. at the very lowest level learning the game, learning the laws, and then they obviously work their way up the tree. So this is the best crop that we have at the moment. Come back to your point in terms of full-time refereeing, I would be very much for that. However, I don't know how you get a lawyer or a teacher to take up refereeing at 36, 37 to give their job uh, up for a full-time position. You just wouldn't but, happen but in Scotland. Also, for what Reggie talks about, young guys who didn't make it, I mean, the, the option is there at the moment, I would imagine, if for them is, to be a ref if they want. Yeah, yeah, of course, you could add a, you know, if, an added... Emphasis on it But I mean They can if they want Yeah If the young guy Who never made it Signed up for the referees course And made it Through the ranks And get into the Scottish Premiership To referee a game He would get The same treatment That Kevin Clancy gets And Willie Collum gets And John Beaton gets Because People don't trust referees Thank you to Reggie In Coat Bridge uh, I think it's time for this the Pundit. With goals in the Scottish Sun, the SPFL and EPL latest every Monday, Wednesday and Saturday. Come on, the first Beat the Pundit of a new week. Your chance to come on here, show off your footballing knowledge, 
Get one over on Hugh Evans and Alex Ray And walk away with a signed ball If you like the sound of it 0141 951 1025 Give us a call and do it quick Because you only have until the news at 7 o'clock Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors Great results for Scottish accident and injury victims for 40 years Hugh Keevans and Alex Ray are here And they're waiting to hear from you So give us a call on 0141 951 1025 uh, You can tweet us at Clyde SSB as well We're going to look back on some of the best stories from the weekend uh, So fans of all teams, come on Let's hear from you after this the Pundit With goals in the Scottish Sun The SPFL and EPL latest every Monday, Wednesday and Saturday It's a new week on Beat the Pundit It's a clean slate for Hugh Keevans and Alex Ray One of them is going to be taking on Ross Who's a Rangers fan from Motherwell Hi Ross Hi, how are you doing? Not too bad at all, how are you? Hi, not bad, thanks Did you catch much of the Rangers game yesterday? I just watched it early What are you thinking so far? Early days for some of the new players But optimistic? friendly a bit <laughs> it has that. They always have that tempo about them, Alex, don't you? Yes. You just cannot possibly recreate it, the, no, the normal tempo. I think it serves its purpose, Gordon, just to get the cobwebs away, but you're not flying any tackles because of the significance of the game's coming up. Right, Ross, uh, have you ever played before? No. Ah, you haven't. Okay, well, I'm going to toss the coin. If it's heads, you're up against Hugh Keevans. If it's tails, you're up against Alex Ray. And it is heads. Hugh Keevans against Ross from Motherwell. So I'll give Hugh some Clyde 2 in his ear. Make sure he can't listen in No uh, spying on us As is all the rage these days uh, Ross you've got 30 seconds You're going head to head with Hugh The secret is you can pass So if you're going to pass do it quickly That'll make sense Aye Good man Your chance to beat the pundit Starts Now What year did Auchinleck last play Hearts in the Scottish Cup? 2012 Which stadium in the Scottish Championship Has the smallest capacity? United. Who's the captain of Motherwell? Peter Hartley Who did Rangers face in a friendly at Ibrox yesterday? Helsinki What type of flower appears on Livingston's badge? A rose What was the final score of Aberdeen Stenhouse Muir on Saturday? One Where did John Daly finish his playing career? Hearts Okie doke, let's bring Hugh Keevans back Hugh, can you hear me? I can You can, right, same set of questions to you, shall we? Okay in what year did Auchinleck last play Hearts in the Scottish Cup? 2011 uh, Which stadium in the Scottish Championship has the smallest capacity? Uh, pass Who's the captain of Motherwell? Rick Hugh Who did Rangers play in a friendly yesterday? H.I.K. Helsinki What type of flower appears on Livingston's badge? Rose What was the final score of Aberdeen Stenhouse Muir on Saturday? 1-1 Where did John Daly finish his playing career? At... Rangers Okay You've heard the opposition Ross Does that fill you with confidence or dread? I think I might I just pipped them Oh It's always good when you get that feeling Ross uh, Let's go through them Because the last few contestants we've had have went Oh that's a lot harder when you're on when you're on the radio So let's see In what year did Auchinleck last play Hearts in the Scottish Cup? 2012 Ooh. Ross got it right He's off to a flyer 1-0 uh, Which stadium in the Scottish Championship has the smallest capacity? Alloa It is Alloa The Indodrill Stadium So none of you got that right It's still 1-0 to Ross um, Was this you tapping into your local knowledge here Ross? I know you're a Rangers fan You're from Motherwell uh, the, mo- the Motherwell captain is Peter Hartley It used to be Carl McHugh mm. Now it's Peter Hartley So 2-0 to Ross Who did Rangers face yesterday? Helsinki You both got that right 3-1 What type of flower appears on Livingston's badge? Uh, you both went for a rose 
Daffodil? No. <laughs> it's oh, a, that will, one, one day that's going to come up for me. It's a <laughs> thistle. Thistle. Yeah, so still 3 1 to Ross. The final score of Aberdeen Stenhouse Muir was 1 all. You both got it 4 2. Uh, and where did John Daly finish his playing career? Falkirk. Wraith Rovers. Oh. You're kind of close, but mm. not really. Anyway, Ross, you were right. You've done more than Pippum. Four to you and only two to Hugh Keevens. The sign ball is on its way. Well done. Well done, Ross. Well yeah. done, Ross. Thanks. Do you think Cowden Beef will beat Rangers? <laughs> oh, I agree with you on that one. <laughs> there we go. Uh, Ross wins the sign ball on the first beat the pundit of the new week, and you yes. were well and truly dealt with yes, there, yes. Mr. Keevens, I'm I afraid. We have a word for it. Gubbed. Absolutely Your chance to play Beat the Pundit And get one over on these guys Tomorrow night At the same time Right come on Let's get the calls in 0141 951 There is no shortage Of talking points Because we can either Look back On the cup games Or we look forward To the return Of the top flight So get your calls in 0141 951 1025 We'll just take a quick Glance at the old Twitter feed queue At Clyde SSB Just to make sure uh, I'm not missing anything Oh there we go And you're actually You're a motivational tool Oh uh, The real deal says At least the Cowden Beath manager Doesn't have to do a team talk When they play Rangers Just play tonight's Super scoreboard As if anybody <laughs> believes this As if anybody truly believes That Cowden Beath have a chance I mean they, they, They're only You're being disrespectful this. again No I'm not uh, the, the game As Alec always tells me On the way home at night levels. Is about levels Yes And uh, Cowden Beath Are Way out of their comfort zone And you know I do appreciate the value of a wind up I do live in Glasgow But If you're trying to wind me up over Cowden Beef That's all it is it's a wind I, up. I do like the notion though That they're all sitting there Getting the tape on Last minute yeah. robbing whatever And they've got Hugh Keevens blaring In the corner <laughs> Just to add that extra 10% If Gary Bolin walked in here now I would say to Gary Bolin You've got zero chance because that is the fact of the matter So disrespectful, honestly We're trying, but he's, he won't be told 01419511025 is the number you need on the phones uh, I think we can take a call right now from um, James Who's a Celtic fan in East Kilbride Just getting that one lined up Yes we can, James is on the line Hi James How we doing guys, you alright? Yeah good, yeah. what's your point tonight? It was actually just to follow up on a point that one of the callers made a few calls ago about potential uh, referees going full-time and it being potentially maybe ex-players. Just a, a wee caveat, first of all, I think it would be a good idea them potentially being ex-players, um, but that's that's not the main point. It was actually just in regards to... It was a point that Alex made in response to one of the points the caller made about would these professionals... Sorry, would these referees give up their day yeah. job to become a referee full-time. And he, and, he, and he quite rightly said, no, you know, these police and lawyers, teachers, you know, professionals wouldn't give up their day jobs. Therefore, how how committed and how serious are they to their role? You know, can we look at this and go, you know, are these guys just picking up an extra paycheck? You know, how much is their heart really in it? And it also brings my point about them being disciplined you know how much are these guys worried about losing their jobs because this is only a side gig for them you know they know ultimately they've got their full time job to go back to so how, how serious do they take it and therefore I think there's there's more pros than cons about our referees definitely becoming full time see, see the two points James in terms of what you said because I was talking to a friend about this other day and if we were kind of suggesting if they went full time they're saying well why don't we start with the next generation spend more time with them and 
Get them in every day But you don't know How well they're going to progress You know They might never make the level To actually get to the top flight You know They might just Stay at the level they are They might not progress In terms of their development uh, Going back to the The point I've, I've actually been fortunate enough To know a couple of referees Over the years uh, In Scotland They are ex- Extremely Proud of what they do they, they spend a lot of time They have to do fitness tests They have to hit certain levels And what I do know is See when guys are actually Making these errors They take it home with them You know They, they, sure. they feel that You know Because they're saying to themselves They're like footballers In, in a lot of ways uh, But part of the problem is Because of the structure That they find themselves in They've been part time You know Throughout the whole duration They have to go and get professions From leaving school So We're in a system now where it doesn't really cater to full time because you know th- there's no pathway for them to go other than go and get a job. I'm not entirely certain that if you took the current crop and, for the sake of conversation, made them full time next season, I'm not entirely certain it would lead to a vast improvement because I've never been convinced by the fact that, that because they are full time, their decision making will suddenly become much better. I remain I remain to be convinced. However, to go, to go back to your point about former players, this is one that always tickles me. Former players. If a former Celtic or Rangers player became a referee in this country, he'd have no chance in this world because the, these guys that we have working right now are not trusted and they have not played for Celtic or Rangers. You couldn't have a Celtic or Rangers player as a referee in this country. Yeah, I never mentioned that they had to be Celtic or Rangers. You know, I'm just talking about people who have played football at some level you know even if it is junior per se you know they still yeah. have experience of potentially uh, potentially train, playing at a professional level and I think your point about you don't think it would make a difference if they were full time as opposed to part time of course it would you know any profession where you are only part time at your job you're never potentially going to reach your full potential until you do that job full time you have more training you have, there's more days where you, you can go to other training you can go to more events you know, of course, full time's the way forward. And I know we can look at England. I know they have a lot more money, but the rest are full time. Are they, be- are they better than ours, James? Do you think they're better than ours? I think they are better, yeah. yeah. You know, they're playing at a higher level. They obviously, you know, they, they get far more training. You know, I know obviously they have to be qualified at a certain level of referees. You also, you, also question the, you also question the commitment of today's referees. Now, I have said on the programme repeatedly, we are better at being bad than anybody else The referees have not covered themselves in glory However You question their commitment uh, They'd have to be committed To put up with the abuse And the occasional death threat That comes their way uh, So You're wrong to question their commitment Where I Disagree with you In terms of full time referees I don't know what events You're talking about They can go to events During the week But whatever they do During the week It still comes mm. down To that split second Judgement yeah, that they have to make You you would acknowledge The the sound logic That James is displaying though Just just take a step back From football Anyone who is a professional At something Should be better at it Than someone who's Part time at it But I think there's a Unique but is, is that not obvious to, 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 to any Any Profession in the world Any, any job Any No I think there's a Unique difference Refereeing it's that split second, the naked eye, and take into account perhaps tens of thousands of people watching the match at the same time. I'm not sure that training... I do understand that if you are a member of a profession, teaching the law profession, whatever, I do understand that that could be of assistance to you. 
Of course it could But this is still The split second Football game That we're talking right, about but what, what if the training then Allows you to practice On 500 split second Decisions a week As opposed to 50 Well you see You could never prove your argument And I can never prove mine You would have to have them Full time And then see What happens well, it's, it's, my opinion, I see when you're looking at some of the, the referees down south, uh, and again, I, I mentioned Paul Mariner yesterday, his decision not to give a penalty was laughable, actually, how he never spotted that. And, and also the it was linesman, an awful decision, wasn't it, it, it as was, well, it was really from a poor. professional ref? So yeah, you... but, but not just the referee, Gordon, because the linesman is actually on that side, just looking along the line, and, and, and he should have seen that. Uh, however, they will always make mistakes, but for me... Because they are part full time down there, I feel as if they're at a better level. Um, but going back to the point that he made, is that earlier, not a contradiction though? Was just talking overall. I I genuinely believe that the refereeing standard down in England is actually higher than it is in Scotland. Much higher, or or is it marginal? Because if no, that's the point, then you know why would we why would we spend so much more money? Well, when I actually see the referees down there, I feel as because if you've just talked, you've, you've just spoken about that. That's a howler. That Raheem Sterling one yesterday. Yeah, it's a stonewall yeah, penalty. But I've, I've watched Paul Maron over the years, and he does get the odd. But I think every referee will get one wrong, Gordon. I just think in general that the 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 standard is that bit higher. Uh, well, considerably higher down the road. Final word to you, James. Um, no, I was quite uh, glad to hear Alex. You know, the fact that you know he believe as well that you know that's better and you know kind of shows. As worthwhile as you know, even if it does take you know a few years for these guys to come through, I think you know the in the long run, full time uh, refereeing in Scotland is, mm. is a must. All right, thanks to James and Isco Bride. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five to add your thoughts if you agree or disagree with what you've been hearing so far on tonight's show. Uh, you can also tweet. Remember at Clyde SSB. Uh, right, let's get the thoughts of Gordon and Penny Lee. Hi, Gordon. Hi. What's your take uh, on all this? Yeah, what's up on this referee thing? I think there's got to be a different uh, aspect to it and look at more of the respect you should be given to referees. For instance, in Germany, where my brother lives, he's a qualified referee in Germany. And over there, where uh, different levels of clubs, lower levels especially, every club affiliated to the National League must supply coaches to become qualified referees. And from there, they actually become active with other leagues that a club isn't involved in. So they actually get in the referee and what this creates is a different, a different respect for referees because it means that every club has their own referee to hand for explaining things, be able to speak to the players, be able to speak to staff, and there's a completely different level. I'll give you an example. Erie Lish, at the end of last year, he headed up a tournament uh, over a weekend with uh, 36 different referees involved in that. And he was, uh, he was in as a head referee. He wasn't actually... It wasn't supposed to take games unless it was absolutely necessary, and there became a, it was a final, uh, it was actually a women's final, in this tournament, which had be, had potentially become quite volatile, and some of the other referees didn't really want to take it, so he stepped up to the plate, said, "Okay, I'll take this one on," and because of the fact that the head referee of the tournament was taking over, there was a, the, the final went past without any actual incident of any note. And it was almost like, okay, look, the head guy's here, so that's it. And as he says, there is a different level. So you still get a lot of hassle as a referee. The same way referees do over here, they got a lot of stick. He says, but there's a completely different level of respect. If I understand I what you're saying, you're saying that um, players or people associated with a club are put forward to train as referees. Uh, again, I bring that to our own country. 
If you have the St Mirren representative, the Motherwell representative, the Hibs or Hearts representative, whoever, uh, by the time they're finished and they go into referee a match in our Premier League, they will be simply regarded as men who are not to be trusted by the by the opposition because they they are the product of another club. Yeah, but there must be so- Gordon. Makes a good point In the sense you VR costs a lot of money 1.7 million pounds As I understand it Per season Making referees go full time Will cost a lot of money And there are various Other big obstacles There must be some Simpler steps That we can take Not to fix everything Not to get all the decisions right Because that's not going to happen But to just improve The overall Relationship Communication Respect levels These seem like The easier things to fix Rather than having to Throw money that you don't have at it well, again, we've had that meeting in Perth last yep. Thursday And Brendan Rodgers did it in a very cold, calculated, mannerly way But after the game on Saturday, he said How can that offside decision be given? I mean, these are the things you've got to get right This is two days after the meeting in Perth So, football... Yeah, but you're not going to stop pointing mistakes out It's all about doing it in, well, the, in, the, in, the, in the right manner Well, you're not going to stop people mistrusting referees You're not going to stop people... Uh, abusing referees You're but not you, going to stop Managers getting overexcited You're not going to stop Players getting overexcited uh, As I say The word passion for me Covers a multitude of sins In this country But uh, we, We're never going to create That utopia Where referees will be respected And That their judgement Will never be called mm. into question Barry McNabbs on Twitter He says Full time refs cannot happen As an ex-referee Referees do train full time already When do they retire? He says Good question actually uh, Sean Davidson says Of course referees going full time Would better prepare them for games uh, They will be able to assign More of their time To professional development And surely that can only be A good thing We've still got the likes Of Oren Kearney And Gary Caldwell To hear from So come on St Mirren Partick Thistle fans Where are you? We'll get a good full time teaser An easy one um, But still one that you're going to have to think about It's coming up next Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors, a team that gets results every week. Talk to Thompson's.com. Alex Ray and Hugh Keevens are here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Uh, on Twitter at Clyde SSB Williams On the subject of referees of course Williams says My 17 year old son's a grade 5 ref He's been doing it for over a year He would love to do it full time professional uh, In a professional capacity But even at his level The abuse he gets from parents is shocking And he attends training one night a week Alongside the grade 1 refs Chris McEntee's on He says Scottish referees are used by UEFA In the Champions League and Europa League So for part time They're not doing too bad 01419511025 Right let's get the teaser up and running I think this is I won't use the word easy But it's very doable Very very doable Is it because us two are on today You're not used easy <laughs> Yes So much so That I'm not even going to tell you Yes or no as, as we go along I want to see if you can nail The nine answers first Okay Martin has sent tonight's question in If you've got a good question And you'd like to hear it Getting used on the show Please do email us Fulltime at Clyde1.com Fulltime at Clyde1.com So Nine players Yep Capped by England Whilst playing for Celtic or Rangers So very simple question Nine players Capped by England Whilst playing for Celtic or Rangers You can play along by the way On Twitter at Clyde SSB Let's hear from you Terry Butcher 
Okay, like I say, I'm not, I'm not confirming, but you can. I need you to think out loud. I think Butcher had actually thinged me to you. He'd been capped before then. Woods, they'd all been capped, haven't they? Yeah, not not first cap though, just capped oh, whilst oh, there. Oh right, well they two are there. Woods, a stick on, yeah, yeah Woods, um, Gary, Steven. Gary Stephen, Trevor Stephen, uh, Mark Walters. No, um, no, I don't think Walters. Uh, I'm interested. To, this is why we're doing it this way because you've obviously mm. thrown some good names out there, but I'm going to be interested to see if you can nail the nine. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think Alan Thompson get a cap. Do you? He did. One, he got one. Yes, cap. he did get one cap. Great shout, okay. Hugh. All right, we'll leave that bubbling away in the background. We'll get six already. You think so? <laughs> Five. <laughs> we'll see about that. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. That's the number you need on the phones, um, as you probably know. But if you're just joining us, at Clyde SSB is where you can send your tweets. St Mirren fans, let's hear from you because it's all been doom and gloom at many points this season. Same for you, Partick Thistle fans. All of a sudden, there's something to cheer. And you're nowhere to be seen So come on Get on here and celebrate Good results at the weekend Oren Kearney says The comeback against Aloha Epitomised the crazy nature Of cup football um, It was 2-0 to Aloha at one stage St Mirren were down to 10 men For a long spell in the game And they eventually won 3-2 The Buddies boss was also Full of praise for Kyle McAllister Who scored the winning goal On his return to the club On loan Probably the first 20-25 minutes of the game I think everything was going well We're unlucky not to take the lead through Brad off the crossbar They have a couple of half chances But you know, you're quite happy with how it's going And then all of a sudden then Just in the space of 15 minutes It just becomes <laughs> you're, you're thinking to yourself Where has this come out of In relation to a goal sending off and, and, and going on top of that So crazy But listen that's cup football And it happens in, in cup football And as I said downstairs Credit to our guys for, for coming through it <laughs> Listen that's why we got them back And that was... I think we need two or three more like that, if you know what I mean. We've struggled for width and we've struggled for probably pace in the wide areas throughout the season. It's something we're really looking for at this point in time, but in the same stretch, it's about getting the right ones in more than anything else. And we've another couple, hopefully, in, in the next week or so that will be coming this direction. But I'm just so against signing for the sake of signing, and I think it's so important that we that we wait and get the right ones and the ones that will make a difference. And, and Kyle's definitely one of those. And I think you know it's been great for him. It's been a tough couple of years for him since he's left St Mirren. I had a great chat with him this morning about the emotions and tribulations of being an injured player, which I've experienced myself. And uh, it's been a real tough time for him. But there's character in the kid, and you can see. That in abundance. There's character on the manager as well, to be fair, because at half time on Saturday we were writing the Oren Kearney obituary, two goals down, ten men versus eleven. You say we, that was probably just you. But no, that's no, the way you see fair. these things. But the, <laughs> the brother must have been somebody else. Was it you, Alec? Or was it <laughs> not at all? I, I, I actually yeah. felt as if he would have been a bit under a bit of pressure. You make yeah, a good point though. I mean, good, yeah, it would have been huge. It's the, you know, the day was about Ochenleck, obviously. It was also about the great comeback, which was Oren Kearney's against Alloa. And fair play in the passing to Jim Goodwin, the Alloa manager, who said after the game that he tried to get too clever. At half time, he changed tactics. There were two up, and he changed the system second half. And, it, and it, he himself used that expression I tried to be too clever. So he owned up. Uh, but for Oren Kearney, it was a terrific result And he's got a good draw Home Against Dundee United That's another Intriguing mm. tie uh, Kel McAllister yes. You're always looking for new signings To make an impact He was there as a, as a kid Obviously went down to Derby Yep um, Trying to think of the time frame Would that have been one when Two years ago you were yep. a, Yeah I, I, I gave him his debut His full debut at Ibrox Gordon when he was 17 I, I, I thought he was a terrific talent uh, All left foot um, And he went down to a Derby, you know, good opportunity. He struggled with injuries uh, whilst down there, 
But I said in the show at the weekend, I said I'm really looking forward to seeing how he does because he has clearly got ability and he comes on and scores a winner. So Oren Kearney's just he's writing what he says there. He needs players and a few more players like that who can open up games, match winners, and, and Kyle will do that. One of those great footballing cliches, Hugh, when you get to Cup weekend, you're looking to see if that can be a turning point, a kickstart, because mm-hmm. some teams like St Mirren and Partick Thistle, they, they need one. Oh. And Sometimes you're, you know, it's not always as easy as saying you can take that form back into the league, but you know it can happen. Sometimes you just need something to go for you. Yeah. Um, now, is it good news for Oren Kearney that his next game is Celtic at Celtic Park, or is it bad news? Uh, only St Mirren can tell, and they've already had a draw this season with Celtic. Uh, so the good thing for him is that he can at least go there, still in the cup. They're still second bottom of the table. But he's still in the cup And he avoids going to Celtic Park With the misery of elimination His next his next three games are really tough You know, you have to go to Parkhead And then you have Hibs at home And then over to Ibrox mm. after that So if they take anything from the three games Then it's a bonus for me It's the games after that That, that will be uh, paramount Again, the impact is is reduced when you, when you get the result you want But I wonder how Oren Kearney felt about that sending off It was early doors for the debutante <laughs> Um, the second one was for diving. We've seen it back. Wow. It doesn't look great, does it? Not for in me. In terms of I, from I, I, from it being the correct decision, doesn't I, look I, like I, it was. I was really looking forward to seeing it. Uh, the there was guys at the game. There was people on social media saying it was never uh, a second yellow. Having seen it myself, I thought it was a really poor decision by Don Robertson. For the life of me, even if he doesn't think it's a foul, how he thinks that boy's dived is beyond me because there's a coming together with the players. Uh, so. Uh, I think it was a really harsh decision And um, you know I wouldn't be surprised Can you appeal You can't appeal two yellows can you uh, You can if one's for simulation actually right, Okay I think so. so I think there'll be appeal going in there 0141 951 The floor is yours James is a Rangers fan in Kilmarnock Hi James How you doing guys Not bad James What's your take on the, tonight's discussion Well basically it's just about I, I mean I listen to the show As much as I can Almost every night On the way home from work And the night I had to pull over I phoned up on Friday Obviously I couldn't get on But I was absolutely fuming tonight just listening to the way the situation about referees. I think it's just terrible, and I I don't know if it's because it's a social media age. I think I think that we've always been had dodgy decisions. Now I tell you that the problem is I found up about VAR on Friday, and I think that that would ruin the Scottish game. It would ruin any game. In fact, I think it's probably started to already ruin the English game because the English game. For me, the English league is the worst league in the world, right? Well, not the worst league in the world, too much. But it's, it's boring now. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's just a boring league now to watch. But my point with referees is right. Is that see players on the pitch? I'm happy for players right to be um, like enthusiastic, you know, and 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 like they love the game, you know. But and I'm happy for them to have it out with referees, maybe to a point. But see, when when managers come off after the game, including Rangers and Celtic managers, right? When they come off and then they criticise the referee in depth, fans don't even click on these things until they hear these these. Um, these uh, interviews and then they're like oh actually and they're leaders to the, to like like Brendan Rodgers the lead leader to a lot of Celtic fans the same way Stephen Gerrard is to us so when they when they go in depth these guys are these guys are doing a job we need them as much as we need footballers we need them as much as we need managers we need them as much as we need supporters if we don't have them in the game we don't have a game James see, you made a good point in terms of we need referees see when most nights on this show if someone has a howler a defender or a keeper we are the first to go oh he's had an absolute nightmare so it has to be that level of consistency we don't actually want to go over the top 
Uh, I think we have been quite level tonight. I say Don Robertson got one wrong for a simulation. It may well, if it was me and Simmerin, I'm I'm appealing that decision. We're, we're mentioning referees in English Premiership who got a bad decision, Paul Mariner yesterday. Um, and so we're, we're really just highlighting it, and it's a case of trying to get that balance like Brendan Rodgers did at the weekend when he says Sinclair should have had his hat trick because of that. I think if it's that, I think one of the key things as well is the added pressure that the five clubs have actually put out statements. For me, that's a bridge too far because there is a process that the clubs have to follow and by doing that, they will probably Mm. get the answer rather than fire it out. James is trying his level best. James is trying to be magnanimous. And, you know, obviously we all agree with his point that no referee, no game. However... Again, Scotland is unique, I believe, because Rangers write a letter in which they say that a referee, will they call him, has underlying issues with the club. Celtic, in the wake of the Alfredo Morelos business, they put out a statement asking for the referee to explain himself. So, can I just say this right on your point about um, trust? What you said about trust, right? There is none. This, what you said was bang on, right? But I think that, that what you're saying is it's not as big a deal because even last season, right, when we were getting dunes, and I mean dunes after Celtic, I, never at any point did I turn around and go, ah, the referee the shocker. You know, that, that is the point. I don't think like I, like when see this season when when they say oh they all form on the, uh, New Year, and the boys said to me, oh John Beaton's got that one, that's us beating. I'm like, I don't understand that. I don't get it I do take your point about the social media phenomenon That that, that has created uh, a lot of trouble However, there is a general mistrust of referees And referees have not covered themselves in glory Because there's far too many poor mm. decisions taken But that none of this will ever change I think James is elaborating much better than I did On the, the question I was trying to ask you earlier About who, you know, VAR That's that's a big thing It's a big expensive tool Full-time referees That's going to be a huge commitment Various roadblocks there Is is a, a first step An easy first step Just for clubs to, to stop issuing statements When referees mm-hmm. Well, the, 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 the meeting You know, at, and, uh, and, and, and managers to, to handle themselves in a certain way The meeting at Not Perth. to ignore it, but See, I think clubs And let's not Rangers and Celtic Issue statements to appease their fans well, Listen, but they're not the only ones this season I think Aberdeen have done it, Hearts have done it, Kilmarnock But well, Stevie Clark came out and He was more damning than anybody uh, He suggested there was Allegedly corruption going on uh, So We are unique in that regard And it will never change uh, But the referees themselves We could be doing with more decisions Being correct than incorrect but it's all very well, well more, James. But that's the thing, though. That that is the thing in what he's right about the scrutiny. More decisions are correct than are incorrect. Well, but the, we remember the, big, the incorrect the, ones. Yeah, but the, the, the big, big decisions, the big calls. That that's the point that uh, Brendan Rodgers is making at the weekend. You've got to get the big calls right, otherwise, there's mayhem. Mm. Come back to James's point about VAR. I am very much one who once introduced, and it's interesting because you look at all the managers or the majority, because I know there was only a couple uh, didn't turn up for last week's meeting. But for me, I think it's most certainly the way forward because it clarifies a lot of these key issues that Hugh's talking yeah. about. Yeah, maybe not them all, but no, more than I, we have at the absolutely moment. Absolutely, yeah. Gordon. And that's the idea because if it's an entertainment game, that, that decision at the weekend, as you're saying, with Brendan Rogers, yeah, it's a goal. James made a point about VAR that, uh, you know, in England, it's taking so long to, to make decisions based on VAR. Well, you know what? You look at NFL, for example, and the, the, the crowd are quite. I know the game lasts. 
three and four hours there But the, the crowd are quite prepared to wait And see what the, the verdict is Yeah but that's what I mean Should we be comparing it to that? Because no, I mean, well, Can we not stand still for a minute While somebody gets you the right decision? Can you not stop jumping up and down for a minute Until the man gives you the correct call? Are almost mm. the correct call but Or sometimes the correct well, call the, the, There was one that took a couple of minutes uh, last week But you have to remember as well That England are only doing it in the cup games at the moment So it, it will take times to kind of uh, refine it Hugh, So that you actually get it quicker uh, The punters are no waiting that bit longer And you get the right decision And even with the benefit of all that stuff I don't know if you keep on top of these things There was an absolute howler in the NFL last night That robbed the team of getting to the Super Bowl So you talk about wow. You know, you talk about big calls <laughs> Still happens Anyway, uh, thanks to James and Kilmarnock We good, were just good, discussing Good burgers though <laughs> uh, We were just discussing St Mirren's game at the weekend Stephen's a St Mirren fan from Milton Campsie Hi Stephen Hi guys, how you doing? Good, uh, thanks A quick point So I just heard the, con- the conversation there about the VAR I don't think we needed VAR to say that that second yellow card was a terrible decision And that's you Oren Kearney doesn't really need that Anyway, my main point Oren Kearney was on just 10 minutes ago there Talking about uh, Kyle McAllister He's a fantastic player and they want to get players in, but you only want to get players in if they're good players and up to a certain standard. Now, what happened on Saturday? Munn only had three substitutes on the bench. So I don't think we've got that many players that we can be as particular as own Kearney thinks. I'd like your opinion on that, please. Um, yeah, well, Hugh Keevens, it's that balance because you could argue. I th- I, sorry, I, I actually, Stephen, I thought it was five subs. I've got. I've just... No, I said three. It, it came out. I watched. I, I watched the thing after. It was like one after. And with three subs, one midfielder, one defender, and one attacker. Does it maybe mean of you know of a certain age? Because when you look at the official team lines, it was Holmes, McAllister, Cook, McPherson, and Ferdinand. So there's certainly you know there well, were five. Uh, well, he's the one that said three. Yeah. Maybe he's not rating another two. But I mean that. that <laughs> what I'm saying is, we do have a big squad. Yeah. Say we don't, we're only going to get people in if we really need them We need some backup What if we get a couple of injuries? We'll be really struggling yeah. Listen, it's a very fair question Stephen But I wonder If um, you look at some of the recruitment recently You could accuse the club of, of stockpiling players that, that haven't been good enough But that wasn't Owen Kearney Stephen, see, see just prior to the window opening was was it, I'm not sure if it was Gus McPherson or Tony Fitz Was actually saying that You said so many players that you were looking to try and get a few out the door. Well, Oren to... Kearney talked about two groups at training, didn't he? Twelve have left so far. <laughs> Is that right? Oh, what a turnaround! Was it so Cole Capecoa was the latest one today. I'm sure I read yeah. somewhere on Twitter. I can't even remember where it was. That that's now only one of Alan Stubbs' permanent signings remaining. So that that shows you the the overhaul, Stephen, doesn't it? Yeah, fair, fair enough. As I say, you know, you're not, not wanting to bring in people who aren't up to a certain standard, but you need to have some backup because all it would take would be a couple of injuries, and yeah. then we've got a smaller squad now. He's got to get some sort of backup, and that's all I'm saying. Yeah. Just before we move on, Stephen, are you hoping? Well, I'm assuming you're hoping that that can be a bit of a kickstart for you at the weekend. Yeah, I thought the second half were absolutely tremendous, and I was shouting for Kyle McAllister to come on from the start because that boy's a superstar. How did he that actually, uh, Stephen? How did he look? Because I know he's not played a lot of football of late. Can but I tell it, you, yeah, he was the fastest player and the fittest looking player and the most eager looking player on the pitch. He had a tremendous thirty-five minutes when he came on. Not only did he score the goal, he was chasing everything, chasing everybody down. His distribution was great. He, he, he did everything perfectly well for thirty-five minutes. Do you think he'll start on uh, Wednesday night? Um, if he doesn't start on Wednesday night I'm going to go and start watching Rangers 
There we go. I don't know if that's a threat or whatever. Stephen and Milton Acampsy. 01419511025. Uh, Jerry makes a good point. You keep calling Andre Mariner Paul Mariner. I don't know Andre. why. You're Paul in the Paul, brain. Well, do you know what it is? Because I was a big Ipswich fan as a boy. Paul Mariner, you remember the big oh, centre yes. forward? Yeah. We'll that's let you off with your it. Time. Right. Yeah, Andre. Thinking out loud and not confirming anything, but tonight's teaser nine players capped by England whilst yes. at Celtic or Rangers. What do you think uh, you've got? Right. We're giving you Butcher, Woods. Yes. Gary Stephen. Yes. Trevor Stephen. Uh, I think Alan Thompson at Celtic got one cap. I think Fraser Forster. Right. Great might show have you. A, might have got one. Wild start Celtic. Yes. yes. Okay. And uh, would Paul Gascoigne <laughs> be in there? <laughs> He's just done me and I walked over to show them <laughs> But I'm taking a hit for you. Oh, All right, but well, we'll get the answers well, next. I've got another one. Haley. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors. Get the result you deserve. Talk to Thompson's.com. Into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. The guys are going through the full time teaser. Um, we always give them about the last 30 minutes of the show to come up with the answers to the question that you mm. sent in. So if you fancy that, if you want to get involved, send it into full time at Clyde1.com. I can see Robert Middlemas has taken part online. There's a few good suggestions coming in. I must can you give say. us a couple of wrong ones just so I can eliminate <laughs> some of mine? Uh, no, he cannot. Who else have we got? Paul Mack has got a few in there as well. Yeah, Brian Elder. All good guesses coming in. As I told you, I want you to come up with a definitive nine at the end. I'm, I'm not telling you as we go along. We're looking for nine players who've been capped by England whilst at Celtic or Rangers. So what, what are you thinking so far? Butcher, Woods, Stephen, Gary Stephen. Alan Thompson Fraser Forster Paul Gascoigne Are we going for Mark Hately? Yes we'll throw Mark in I think he might have got a late cap So you're certain you've got Eight? Y- yes mm, Okay And we'll throw in Nigel Spackman Just uh... Right okay Well you've got Six or so minutes to get your th- Final list together Still time for you To get involved In the phones Or on Twitter I think you could now Give us a clue How many we've got wrong Nah no no chance Joe's, oh, a, it's close. Joe's a Celtic fan In Blarnock Hi Joe Hello there uh, Gordon And Alec And you a long time For going on the show You know, I know you've, you've been, been waiting My tonight, apologies You've been uh, waiting tonight as well I went back Before you came Gordon You know <laughs> I wish all the boys Are good to you You know that Christmas you, okay, you, But The point is I'm a Celtic supporter and I've been following Celtic for nearly 65, 70 years. Every day, I pick a paper up, it's a loan signing. I think Celtic are getting too many loan players signing. Celtic supporters, I know, I've been going to the old school, same We want to sign players. Give them you know, two or four years' contracts. Give them employment as well. This loan signing to me is this a package. Plus, we've got a few quid. And we're not really doing that, that's what I'm saying. And I've got another point for these lads. Just Let's do that one first, Joe, shall we? Do that do that first, Hugh. This is an it's an age old football debate, isn't it? Yeah. There's obviously they're obviously there for a reason, loan signings, but what do you think of, yeah, of Joe's I, point? I, I I partly agree with Joe that uh, you know, if Celtic have aspirations, I mean they're, they're still in Europe, the only Scottish club still in Europe. Uh they have Valencia to play. Uh you know, long term, if you have Ambitions to win 10 in a row uh, If you have ambitions to go Champions League again uh, It shouldn't just be about Lone players I know that they lend excitement Timothy Weir's got Celtic Park on its ear He's only played for 20 minutes And I do know that loans are 
uh, are global phenomenon. I mean, Chelsea are bringing in uh, Higuain, uh, and they're they're Chelsea, uh, you know, and they're taking players on loan, and they've got the English money, which is astronomical. Mm. But I, I do agree with Joe in the sense that if Celtic want to prosper and grow as a club, mm. it shouldn't just be about loan signing. Yeah, I mean, this is not to say Joe's wrong. I, I'm just talking yeah. generally, Alex. We can't fall into the trap of thinking, you know, loans are bad, permanent signings are good. I mean, they're, they're, there, for, a, they're there for a reason. Celtic have got Burke on a loan because yeah. they could not afford to buy Oliver Burke, probably. Yeah. Same with Timothy Weir. I, um, I was, so, Gordon, I was just looking at the team from the weekend, and you're right what you say, because Benkovic and Burke, with the, the, the fees that would cost them would be over £20 million, uh, you know, so that, that doesn't stack up. It's just the way that football is at the moment, Gordon, and Celtic are lucky enough that they can attract guys of 10, 15 million pound quality. Uh, so that benefits their model. And as long as they don't have too many, Gordon, because when you look at the rest of the squad that they have and then the talent coming through from the youth set up, it's just a combination of them all. And Celtic do it relatively The other well. side of the coin, and you know, Joe is of a similar vintage to myself. Joe remembers when there were one club players, when... Billy McNeil played his entire career for Celtic uh, and John Gregg played his entire career for Rangers. It was like that in that era. It's not like that any longer, Joe, much as it might be difficult for you and me to to, to cope with the, the volume of loan signings. But Celtic have a business model and the business model is this. Sign them for as little as you can and sell them for as much as you can. What's your second point, Joe? A right back and left back, and we can't even get them. You know, covers fucking the end. What's it? So that's a wee bit. That's a majority of sellers. That's what I'm phoning. What was yeah, the other point, I, I, I think he was saying they were looking for a left back and a right back, Gordon, wasn't it? So, listen, I think we said earlier on the show, where, where were I think Tierney's almost six weeks out, Hugh, potentially another couple. So, They'll be monitoring it and hopefully try to get him back in. But the dilemma they have, if it's a longer term issue, yeah, uh, which potentially could happen, depending when he comes back, if he breaks down or not, then Celtic would be left vulnerable at the left back area. So it's a you know, with a window shut in ten days, at, they're vulnerable at right back as well because the fans have lost their their, their faith in Mikel Lustig. Now Anthony Ralston is is back into the side. Is Brendan Rodgers prepared to go with him in the back half of the season? We will find out starting with St Mirren on Wednesday But there's vulnerability mm. there And if Celtic want eight in a row The remaining days of this transfer window are interesting Because I don't think Kieran Tierney will be seen for weeks and weeks And Griffiths I don't think will be seen this season uh, And Celtic have to be aware that there's a lot of work to be done yet If they want to win this title uh, Final review of the cup games We can't get through them all But what else jumped out at you that we perhaps haven't covered? Um, Aberdeen, that's a real disappointment, Hugh. The, oh. the saving grace, obviously, is they're not out of the cup. So, you know, yeah. y- you get away with one, but to be drawing at home, Stenhouse Mir, I think, are bottom of League yeah, One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, mind you, they scored a wonderful goal, wonderful headed goal. Uh, it's an embarrassment for Derek McInnes. Uh, it's also a, a nuisance. He doesn't really need a midweek visit to Larbert when he's trying to maintain pressure in terms of the, the title. Uh, so he really didn't need that But it's their own fault They were at home As a, as you say a, a team almost three divisions away from them And they didn't do their work properly So that's their fault um, In my part of the world uh, They're not taking it well The Ross County result at Fir Park on Saturday I know we we, we talk about you know, County are top of, of the championship And Mother were ninth Maybe there's not a great deal between them 
True as that may be yeah. um, I'm not sure it makes it any easier to take It doesn't Gordon It doesn't make it any easier at all And I think partly the, the problem That Motherwell fans have Is that we got to two cup finals last year So they were trying to get a cup run Because as you said On Saturday The actual season could actually peter out for For uh, Motherwell You know in their position If you get one or two more wins They're not going to go into top six They're not going to get relegated So uh, Overall it's been a disappointing You know Half of the season for Motherwell so far uh, Partick Thistle who was going to play Gary Caldwell We're running out of time But again That was one Where you were looking at it Everyone was Anticipating Could it be a shock Gary Caldwell You know What pressure would it Put on his shoulders and, yeah. and in the end Again a professional job Dealt with Yeah Listen Don't make a drama Out of a crisis The crisis is being Bottom of the championship The crisis is facing A second relegation In two seasons Don't add the to the drama of it all With going out the cup Nine players capped by England Whilst that Celtic or Rangers Give me them Butcher, Woods, two Stevens, A Thompson A Forster A Gascoigne A Hatley And a Spackman Spackman or Walters That's kind of Two <laughs> How many? Spackman's wrong uh-huh. Right But the rest are right Did you say Chris Woods? Yes Yes the rest are right So you're only one away Walters? Yes oh. Mark Walters You squished that tonight Well done Terry Butcher Fraser well Foster done, Hugo. Paul Gascoigne Mark Hately Trevor Stephen Gary Stevens, Alan Thompson Mark Walters Chris Woods Thank you Hugh Keevans And Alex Ray For joining me Gordon Duncan On tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard uh, We really do appreciate As always The calls and tweets And you listening It's great to have you Hopefully we'll do it again Tomorrow night At 6 o'clock In the company of Roger Hanna And Gordon DL. In the meantime, stay where you are. Callum Gallagher's up next and he's going to be talking to Dermot O'Leary on the show, Hugh Keevens. I like old Dermot. There we go. Well, you can tune in in the car on the way home. One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors. Compensation. They know the score. Talk to Thompson's.com.